think I shared this thought uh, relatively recently, that if you compare the standard of living that we all have now to even the richest people, the superpowers of even anything up to, what, 150, 200 years ago, we live with more comfort than they did. Like Cleopatra, right, didn't have half the comfort that you have. Julius Caesar didn't have the comfort and ease of transport that you have. I mean, you know when you have to pile the kids into the car and get them all to mass, oh, I don't want to sit in the car, the car is so small. Or you want to go on a horse and trap? Remember that? Really, oh, you don't know. Obviously, my, my dad still, my dad, when he was a, a young fellow, he used to deliver milk on a horse and trap, you know, to go on to all the local houses. And, and the horse actually knew which houses got cow milk. <laughs> so the horse would stop, would stop at, the right, at the right house. We'd bring in the two bottles or whatever it was. So, but like, that's not that long ago. That's, that's within living memory. The comfort that we live in now, like, you know, Wi-Fi. Like, I mean, again, back in the day, when there would be uh, encyclopedia salesmen who'd go around and try and sell a whole set of encyclopedias to a family. And that was the only sort, the font of knowledge you had. That was it. Whereas now you just, uh, just Google it and get 17 opinions on, what, on whatever you want, you know? So the access we have to information. Indoor plumbing. What a gift. Hot water on demand. Cushy sofas. Furry socks. All those kind of things. You think, you think they had them back in the day? No, they did not. Canvas bags was all they had. You know, so so like the, the comfort that we have now is far greater than any, at any time in history, even the richest of the rich. I mean, the richest of the rich went to the bathroom in a bucket and tossed it in, well, let's not go into the details, but you get the point. You know, it, 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 wasn't, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. But this is all the kind of comfort we have. Now, the problem with this with comfort is it can kind of distract us because it can make us a bit soft, if I'm honest. It can make us a bit unprepared to make sacrifices. For I think generations gone by, especially when it came to Lent and that, they were used to making sacrifices anyway. Sacrifice is part of your daily stale bread. You know, it was, the sacrifice was just the way things went, yeah. It's just part of life. You know, you got your brother's old shoes. They weren't your size. That doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, you'll, uh, you'll stretch them. You know, so the sacrifice was just part of life, part and parcel. For us, sacrifice, it still comes our way, but when it comes to food, when it comes to many of these things that we should be giving up for Lent, screens and things, uh, it doesn't come naturally to us, because life, life has become so comfortable, and we've become so soft and so dependent on these things. My goodness, you turn the Wi-Fi off, and it's like it has been a natural disaster. People walk around moping in sackcloth and ashes and canvas, but the Wi-Fi is off. Do you know, like practically dying, you're having a near-death experience because the Wi-Fi dropped for five minutes. You know, so, so we, it definitely softens us. And then you read something like this. My brothers, you will always have your trials, but when they come, try to treat them as a happy privilege. Certainly, so my St. James, it's our first reading today. Now, when St. James wrote that, you keep in mind, you see... You keep in mind what kind of trials he's talking about. Do you know, he's not talking about you might have to miss a meal every now and again, or he's not talking about, you know, as I say, Wi-Fi being down or buses being late or something. He's talking about people seeking to kill you. He's talking about uh, having to, 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 yes, have a wonderful day's preaching when people are, are listening and maybe working miracles and all sorts of things, but then others are plotting against you. And he will ultimately give his life beheaded. 
He will shed his blood for Christ. Like he will die for Christ. So, so when, when he talks about trials, like he's talking about proper, real trials. And I love that because that's the kind of thing that makes our faith so, so tangible and so real. He's not talking about blasé things, but, but things that really matter. So like when, when, when any of you have experienced like loss, bereavement, real illness, separation, having to, to move jobs or where, where you just feel like a bit, a bit lost or having to start again or, or the fear of someone being diagnosed with cancer or a tumour or whatever it may be. And, 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 you know, these real trials, this is what he's talking about. Like, the faith isn't just for people who want to skip through fields singing Kumbaya. Like, this is, this is real stuff, like real people going through real problems. So he knows what he's talking about. He lived it. You will always have trials, but when they come, try to treat them as a happy privilege. Now, either of those are hard. Treat them as a privilege, a begrudging privilege we can probably kind of manage. I can begrudgingly accept my cross and see it as a privilege. But as a happy privilege, that's, that's very difficult. I think part of the reason we find these things difficult to, have a, to treat our crosses as a happy privilege is sometimes, sometimes you kind of want people to know you're miserable. Sometimes you kind of want people to know you're carrying a cross and then they'll say, are you okay? No, I'm, I'm okay. I, I am. I am. Oh, no, you're not. Sit down. Have a cup of tea. You want a cup of slice, slice of tart now? You're all right. Well, let's talk. Do you know? and, and then you get, you know, it's kind of nice to talk because I was listening, you know? Um, so at times we want people to know we're carrying a cross. And that's why this bit's hard. It's a happy privilege. Carrying your, your trials or, or crosses happily. Then people don't know. And no one is going to offer you consolation or comfort. Because you look fantastic. You're happy out. And that's what I've seen. Like In people who are properly holy, that's how I've seen them carry their crosses. They carry them that in such a way, if, if, if you didn't know the background story, You'd never know what they're going through. You'd never know what they're carrying. You'd never know how much they suffer. Because they do so with such joy. And that's, that's a high, it is a high bar. It is a very high bar. It's a bar I, I don't think I've reached yet. I mean, definitely not. To carry your sufferings in such a way that no one knows your suffering. Now, okay, the other extreme of, uh, we've mentioned this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, to be careful that when it comes to interior sufferings, we're not just supposed to, as, as we said, bruise it down through you, just forget about it, push it down, ignore it, it's all grand, just get on with things, you'll be, you know, be fine. Your crosses don't actually matter, your needs don't matter, your opinion doesn't matter, your feelings definitely don't matter. So push all that aside and just muscle on, right? man up. That's not what, what the Lord is asking us to do here, by the way. So when he asks us to, to suffer things, with, uh, with a, see them as a happy privilege, see, it's a happy privilege to do what? to suffer with and for Christ. You know, so we have, we have him to relate to, him to talk to, him to draw from, that we live through him, with him, and in him. So it's not being turned into yourself and just having to push it all down and just muscle on yourself as if, it all, as if all the effort had to come only from you. That's not what the Lord is saying. He wants to walk with us. So he's saying, come to me, all you who labor and overburdened, and I will give you rest. So, so, so you suffer. Now, some of our, many of our sufferings will, have, will be silent. People won't know. People won't see. 
maybe those who know us better might be able to read the signs. You know, they might, mm, he looks a bit off today now. And they, 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 because they know you. And then there may be one or two, three people that you might be able to confide in. The vast majority of other people, your acquaintances, or these days, yeah, people we call friends, but are, are actually acquaintances, they won't know us. So they won't know really what's going on. It's okay to have someone to confide in. We don't kind of play the matter. Oh, no, I don't want to talk. It's fine. There was someone here, there was someone in the house a couple of years ago, and they were great. Uh, whenever, you know, they'd go up for seconds for dinner and, and all the dinner was gone. Oh, it's all right. It's fine. I'll just unite it silently to the cross. I'll just, you know, unite it silently. You just told the whole world, like, that you're uniting it silently, like, do you know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of a, a discreet way of actually drawing attention to the fact that you're making a sacrifice and things. So one extreme, yeah, is, is, to, is to just, like, push it all down. But then the danger there is that you're relying on your own strength. The, 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 what, what we should do is, is know that whatever cross I'm carrying, I'm carrying it through the Lord's grace. Through the Lord's grace. And this is where the blessing comes because it means that in those moments of, of loneliness, loss, bereavement, grief or bereavement, that they actually draw me to him. They draw me closer to his heart. And if I can live that, if I can live that, then it doesn't actually matter what the world throws at me. It doesn't matter what goes wrong. It doesn't matter if, like St. James, you know, you're living every day with your life in danger. It doesn't matter. It's still hard. A cross is still a cross. A cross is still a cross. But the cross has purpose. The cross has meaning. The cross has value. And so that's this, this sweet yoke that the Lord is talking about. My yoke is easy and my burden light. He doesn't say you've no yoke. And just for those who don't know what a yoke is, um, you may have seen on some very old movies where you see people plowing with, with, with animals or with oxen and they have this big, it's a, it's a wooden beam with kind of the various latches and straps on it that you tie it onto the, the front of an animal so that's what pulls the plow so it's a big wooden heavy beam has to be strong enough that a, a, a bull or two oxen can pull it and it won't snap so it's a, it's a heavy substantial piece of timber so my yoke is easy and my burden light if anyone, anyone who knew farming back in the day would say well yokes aren't very pleasant I mean they're heavy they're rough, they stink, <laughs> they smell of bull. Um, they're not nice, they're not pleasant. And, and, of course, also they're not made for us, they're made for animals. So like, they don't fit, they're just, it's, it's all wrong, it's, it's, it feels degrading or something. So, so when, when you're, but the Lord doesn't say, I will give you, you will have no, come follow me and you will have no yoke. And, it will, and life will be easy and burden free. And the Wi-Fi will never go out. He doesn't say that. Ever. But he says, my yoke is easy and my burden light. But there is a burden. There is a cross. In the world you will have trouble. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. So there's something... There's something... There's a, there's, a, there's a battle in these words. Because like, there's this part of us that just very simply and humanly and understandably doesn't want to suffer... I get it. I'm human too. I don't want to. We don't like it. Do you know there's a reason we put on slippers? In, I don't put on slippers. Maybe the reason you put on slippers in the evenings when you're walking around the house, like, you know, they're comfortable. You know, we don't want to suffer. Okay? We don't want to. Again, it's human. It's kind of normal. Please don't seek suffering. Uh, 
So it's normal for us to, to kind of rebel against that, that, that suffering. And then in suffering, like our, our will, our will takes a bit of a hammering because I want to stop this. I want to have control over my life. I want, to, I want to have control over the person who's causing me suffering maybe. I want like the power to be able to direct things that I don't have to suffer. And then your faith is telling you, but like trust in the Lord. I, I, I want to trust in the Lord, but I want, this, I want this to stop as well. So if his will and my will were able to align, that would be great. And I mean, move. his will should move. It's like Italian driving, you know. You're going to move. No, I'm not. You're going to move. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, so instead of saying, Lord, may it be done unto me according to your word. May it be done to me according to your word. Jesus, I trust in you. And if, when, when the dust of that battle settles in our hearts and we're able to say, Lord, I, I honestly, yeah, I don't like this. This is difficult. But I trust you. I trust you. And I know I'm not alone in this. And not only that, but I know that because of this difficulty or, or, or suffering, I'm actually getting to know your heart. I'm getting to know you better. I'm learning to, to grab onto you. I'm learning to hold on. I'm learning to, to draw from you. I'm learning to be consoled by you. I'm learning to be led by you because I don't, I don't have this. I don't, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. But you do. And then you begin to kind of taste that, 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 that sweetness of, of, of the cross and see it as, as a happy privilege. But again, this is very realistic. This is very rooted in, in your daily experience. It's not you have to attain some level of sort of mysticism and then somehow you kind of breathe through life and sufferings come your way and you say, yes, Lord, I shall accept this suffering. And that one too. Yes, okay, no problem at all. You know, and then I just breathe through life and then they decapitate me. There's the neck, off you go. And then I die and I go back up to the Lord. Lord, thank you so much. Good to be here. You know, like that's not it. Your humanity will struggle. And the fear even, that even the Lord himself experienced in the Garden of Olives. Like, Father, let this chalice pass me by. But not my will, but yours be done. So even like the Lord's, the Lord's humanity, you know, again, it's just fearful of, of what the cross costs. And yet, the knowledge that his, whatever his father allows, whatever his father permits, has a meaning, has a purpose, and has an immense value. So the Lord does know what he's doing, and the closer we come to his heart, the more we can begin to experience that consolation that only he can give. And if, if this works, if, 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 if the Lord is, is guiding us, which he is, and if we're following, you know, if we're following the Lord's guidance, we'll begin to see how so many other things that we considered important before fall by the wayside until there's only him. And in him then, we can truly love those around us. Husbands, wives, children, parish, whatever. There's kind of a, this, this pruning, this peeling back of what's not necessary until there's only him, when he becomes our all in all. And then in him, in whom we live and move and have our being, then we learn to love. We learn to love. We learn to love freely. We ask the Lord today to teach us 
to carry our crosses. To teach us to carry them silently for the most part. We ask him also in his mercy to provide friends and people who can support us and walk with us and, and, and know our hearts. We ask that this passage from St. James, that it may not just be nice words or aspirations for other people, but that we can live them, that we can be the saints of our day. My brothers, you will always have your trials, but when they come, try to treat them as a happy privilege. You understand that your faith is only put to the test to make you patient. But patience, too, is to have its practical results, so that you will become fully developed, complete, with nothing missing. Christ will be our everything.